Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Hello, Tender Wild podcast listeners. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the phenomenon that is the Barbie movie. And all things patriarchy. Yes. So that's essentially goes together what they're talking about in this movie. Yeah. Betsy and I had the chance to see it this week. With opening week. Yeah. With your daughter. With my 11-year-old daughter. Who we're going to hear from in a bit. Yeah. And she's seen it. It's been open for six days at the recording of this. And she's been to four nights of the movie. So she's seen it four times already. She's going to be our resident expert Uh today. Yep. She will know all the the insights. Yes. But we thought we'd start with a spoiler alert. Because we know maybe not everyone has seen the movie yet. So if you don't, if you... Know you're going to see the movie. Maybe wait to listen to this podcast because we want to delve into some topics. We'll try not to spoil everything about the yeah. movie, but we do want. We're to not going to that- tell you how it ends. We're not going to tell you um, too much, but we want to talk about some of the themes that it brings up. Yeah, and I thought the fascinating part of this movie is that it speaks clearly to like younger girls, but they're such adult themes that they do such a good job of portraying in such a smart way. Mm. Um, it's such a smart movie. And let's acknowledge, too, that it's it's made history with the largest domestic debut by a female director mm. of any film. Amazing. So Greta Gerwig gets huge accolades for yeah. this unexpected for me. I mean, I think back when I saw there was a Barbie movie, I'm like, uh-huh. oh, please. Man. I had, that was my feeling. Did you feel that way too? Like what? I, I loved Barbies. I've always been a big, uh, growing up, I played with a ton of Barbies until I was 13, I think. So, yeah. Um, but I didn't know what to expect. Right. That's what I mean. I was like, what possibly yeah. are we doing with this? Yeah. I had to, I have a, I have a whole trunk actually. Of, Do you? With all the clothes and I've kept. At the end when they show some of the old Barbies, and I had, had at least two of them. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get into maybe some of those here in a little bit. But I learned a lot about how Barbie was created, Mm. which I also think there's a huge lesson in. Um, Ruth Handler, who was one of the founders of Mattel, along with her husband and another gentleman. And I was reading that they combined the her husband's name and the other gentleman's name to create the word Mattel and told her there just wasn't room for her name. Yeah. We yep. wouldn't want, we wouldn't no. want that. No. Just use the men's names. But she invented Barbie in 1959 for her daughter, Barbara. 1959. It mm-hmm. just, it, it, as a businesswoman back then, I have to think that it was a very lonely place to that be. That even you could think it was possible to do yes. something like that in 1959 when you could either be a teacher or a nurse. Yeah. Essentially. And then she created all of the Barbies after that, you know, had different professions. She wanted her daughter to see mm. there was more. So I want to talk to you about the the crowds of people that are coming out for this because you mentioned it's the top top gross 
How did you say that? It's the top grossing. Top grossing movie. Largest domestic debut. Okay. Um, because we had a hard time getting tickets mm-hmm. to it. You kept we kept texting a, you different times. Yeah. So, and that was all week, right? Like yeah. every, every night of the week, it seemed that it was full. And then everyone was wearing pink, which was so cool, including men. Mm-hmm. And there were a ton of men, at least the show I went to with you. I went a second time with uh, my son and my partner and my daughter again. Um, And there were a ton of people. It seems like everyone was dressed in pink. Yeah. And all ages of women, I felt like were represented. I looked around and Mm -hmm. um, it's a PG-13 movie, but yeah, a lot of teenagers, boy and girl. Yes. I felt like. Yes. And last night at the one I went to, um, there were, I saw several like grandpa age men there. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think that's what it was. There were so many unexpected things, but how this, there was something in this for everyone is what struck me that there were messages for all of us in this. And messages that. I feel like we're delivered in a really soft and humorous way to give voice to all the cognitive dissonance that is the Mm -hmm. patriarchy um, and how it harms both men and women. And so it just was done in such a way to really make people think. And in fact, after last night's viewing, I asked the men in the car as we were driving home, was there any parts of it that made you uncomfortable? Because it there's a lot of lights being shown on, you know, the damage and mm-hmm. um, and everyone agreed, no, no. And so I think that's also a win for the writers and directors that they're getting out some really um, edgy content in a way that people can actually digest. Yeah, I there was a quote online: uh, "Men who walk away emasculated or triggered have a little soul searching to do." Mm. That this is, while it may be triggering, and I know there's a lot of narrative online about how people feel, it does it does beg a question of why does this bother you so much, mm-hmm. too. Like, and um, without getting giving too much away, it definitely um, it's a great question. I'm going Sunday with my husband and son. <clears throat> oh, good! We're so both you excited. can have conversations with them afterwards. Yeah, about what they think. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to have that conversation and. So yeah, not just a movie for women. No. And while we were watching, Kate and I were there with my daughter, Greta. We were both madly taking notes on our iPhones because there were so many quotes and like great things. And we had already talked about like, maybe we should do a podcast on this. And my daughter at the end, she's like, I was so annoyed by you guys. Do you know how bright those lights were? And they kept coming on every, yeah, turn your brightness down, mom. So, so we pulled out a couple themes and again, we are not going to give away the ins and outs of this movie, but there are a couple like powerful themes that we've already explored, um, on this podcast. So we wanted to give voice to them again. And the first thing we noticed, um, is definitely very explicit messaging. In fact, there's this amazing dialogue that America Ferrara, uh, says in the middle of the movie that literally when I watched it with you, the crowd who was there broke out in applause. It was so powerful. But the theme is that it's literally impossible to be a woman. 
And then she goes into all these things Reasons as why. to why it's literally impossible to be a woman and to hear it spoken mm-hmm. so clearly and to feel like this collective energy in this in the movie theater of like, yeah, oh my God, yeah, yeah, that is weird. That is wrong was for me really moving. I mean, I think I got tearful at that point. I did too. I had tears and chills and I felt very connected to everyone in that theater. Yes. Maybe that's why it's so popular because I feel like it, even after the movie was over, do you realize how many people stood around and talked? Yeah. Like people weren't filing out. It was like everyone was wanting to stay in the energy of the movie. I couldn't agree more. Normally I'm like make a V line out of a movie and I did not feel the desire to do that. There was a, it's an experience to witness it like we did. And like many people are with this, in this collective theater Mm -hmm. of, of other women and, and men, I think totally. And there was, yes, there was all. Yeah. It's, 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 it was like a human experience to be together and seeing it. It's hard to explain. I've, I keep running into people and instead of saying like, hi, how are you? I say, have, have you, you seen, seen Barbie? Barbie? <laughs> I literally start every conversation. Um, so good. Yeah. I was on a zoom call today and the woman was in pink and I was like, are you going to see Barbie? And she's like, yes, I am at four o'clock. Oh, she's already dressed great. for it. Yeah. That's so great. it's a phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, without maybe reading the whole monologue, um, I'll just maybe share a few things mm-hmm. that um, about why it's literally impossible yeah. to be a woman. She starts with, "You're so beautiful and so smart, and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough." Like we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, thin, but not too thin. You can never say you want to be thin. You can say you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. Have money, but don't ask for money because that's crass. Mm-hmm. Um, be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. Mm. it's kind of the beginning of yeah, it she but goes on and on and yeah. it it really it's home it does hit home and and it's almost like you didn't really know how impossible it was I mean I think as a woman in our culture all of us have struggled in various ways mm-hmm. and I think as we've brought more voice to patriarchy and its insidious and damaging nature everyone can sort of begin to see how it's harmed us, mm-hmm. but to hear it said so clearly. For me, I felt like you get to a certain age where you're like, at some point in my life, I felt like that and mm-hmm. I felt like that and I felt like that. So I think especially middle-aged women that have kind of lived more experience, you, I literally had images popping up of, of times in my life. When you had that experience. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, you're right. Having it so succinctly put together this way shows everyone the power of how those micro experiences build and build and build. Yeah. 
to the point of you really don't ever feel good enough. Yeah. It doesn't matter how beautiful you are, how accomplished you are, how um, kind you are, like none of that matters. And yet it, we think it matters, which is why we all strive, strive for those things. Um, because again, culture has made us less than, I mean, that is the definition of patriarchy. The masculine is always above the feminine. So we're fighting to, to do it better, to be better. And, and none of it, ma- like none of it's ever going to get us where we think it should get us. No. Yeah. It's like we fight all these battles and yet the system is never really going. Because the system is so rigged. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is what, you know, I'm anxious to see what my husband says, but I think intuitively, I think men do understand that on some level, but I think there's also a perception like look how far women have come. Mm-hmm. And if I've learned anything on this podcast, it's that we haven't come as far as we think we have. Mm, Yeah. You know, we there's so much farther to go. So much farther to go. And so it, I hope even for men who watch, there is a a more of an understanding of what we're up against, whether it's internally and externally, um, what your daughters go through, what mm-hmm. your wives go through, your partners, your mothers. Um, and because I think that mutual understanding is what is going to start shifting things. It can't just be. Can't just be women us. saying, look, we have to shift. Right. And at the end of the movie, you know, Ken comes forward and sort of talks about, yeah, it like kind of being I in just, charge isn't so great. Right. So, so I think this is the point um, of poking holes through patriarchy is that it's not just harming women, it's harming men. And there's a great book by Carol Gilligan that I think I've spoken about on this podcast before, but we'll put it in the show notes and it's called why patriarchy persist. And her whole thesis, she's a psychologist is that what patriarchy does to women is it silences them. And even in this movie, it's like, I don't know what I want. I was like, I don't know what I want. It's silence. You don't, you don't, you you don't have a voice and you don't know how to speak up and you don't know how to ask for what you desire. But for men, it silences their emotions. They don't get to feel, they don't get to emote. They don't get to truly be intimate with friends and coworkers and even women (laughs) because they're not allowed to be connected to their emotions. Mm -hmm. And so it's harming all of us. And this movie shows that. Absolutely does. There's a great quote I'm going to share from Barbie and I'm expressing it and I have no difficulty holding both logic and feeling at the same time. And it does not diminish my powers. It expands them. And that's where we all need to go towards that. We can be both logical and and emotional emotional. and they're both beautiful and you can hold them both simultaneously at the same time. Yeah. I loved, I loved that. Mm. It was just so like, of course I can. Matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, impossibly woman. And then the next one is just my one of my favorites because of our conversations over the last year and a half is getting out of the box. Getting out of the box. The literal Barbie box. There's a Barbie box that they're trying to get Barbie into. And how did you feel when they were like, they're, oh yeah. They're trying to like tighten her wrist into this box. Remember undoing, undoing those, those little, little plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To like, release them. Mm-hmm. All our dolls were tied in like that. Mm-hmm. And that was a striking scene. So symbolic mm-hmm. of, and exactly everything you and I've been talking about, uh, and so many of the women we've interviewed, the question of like, how'd you get out of the box? 
what did it take for you? Did it take a diagnosis? Did it take, you know, leaving a job or, um, you know, a marriage? Yeah. What was it that sort of propelled you out of the box? And so again, such a symbolic, Mm -hmm. um, piece of this movie is literally seeing her in a box, Mm -hmm. which is again, I think what we're all trying to do, get out of this patriarchal box, which is again, harming all of us. Right. Yeah. I mean, Ken came in a box too. Ken came (laughs) in a box. That's such a good point. So yeah. And then they do, men have their own kind of boxes when you talk about not Mm -hmm. being able to show emotion and Mm -hmm. it, it, I think that's the beauty of this movie is while our experiences are different and the patriarchy leads to a different type of existence, there's still a bit of, there's restriction for both men and women. Yes. Right. There's, there's, like you said, both being held back and held down and. And there's not only infighting between within genders, but against one another too. And that even shows up in this movie. Right. It's, the men versus the women. Yeah. Um, and then the men are fighting each other and then the women are fighting, right? It's like- we just talk about Alan? We can talk about Alan. <laughs> Again, spoiler alert, close your ears if you haven't seen the movie. Yes, uh, talk about Alan. Alan's Ken's friend. And Alan is just, he reminded me of like a lot of guys that I grew up with. Like mm. just, you know, I don't, who am I? Mm-hmm. Where do I fit in? You know, he was awkward and, and no one really listened to him. And, Mm -hmm. and it was, you're just, I felt for Alan uh, for some reason. And he was just a funny character too, but he wanted more. He like, so to me, he was the version of a man who couldn't get things going either in the, in the environment that existed. Yes. Um, Cause he didn't quite fit the macho patriarchal mold. Um, the the hyper masculinity. And so he was really struggling too. And in some ways was more aligned with the the feminine in the movie. Yeah. Then. So he had a little bit more empathy and and kind of became a sidekick in a way to to help the women. And then there was Midge. Did you have Midge, the pregnant Barbie? Did you get Midge? No, but I remember her. So what about the third one? Yeah. So another theme is, I don't know how to feel. And this came up with both Ken and Barbie is the awareness of emotion that came up and not knowing what to do with it. Again, I think this is so symbolic of uh, the bulk majority, I believe, of our culture is really numbed out and really disconnected from feeling and emotion. We've all learned to be quite plastic Literally, we shoot ourselves up with plastic, right? And 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 it's very. Uh, there's a, been a disconnection from people feeling, especially the hard feelings, the sadness, the fear, the anger. And there's a lot to be scared and angry about in our world right now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all the ways we numb out, I think, have gained momentum. So I loved that both Barbie and Ken didn't feel, and then they started to, and it was scary. It was scary to them. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable and scary. And yet it was curious for them. And I think that is a message to all of us that all of us are numbed out on some level. And it is scary to actually feel the hard shit because it means you got to face it and there's something to work through. And there's so much more life. There's so much more expansion. There's so much more 
joy and vibrance on the other side if you can actually let yourself feel. And the only way things are change is if we do all experience some personal growth and feel what we need to feel. Yeah. And so I think in their world, as uncomfortable was it, as it was, it was necessary. Yeah. And they suddenly realized it's necessary. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and it's the hard emotions that actually, I think in many ways are our greatest teachers. They're the yeah. ones that propel us into change, propel us, you know, anger is a huge motivator. Right. You know, if we don't feel our anger, we don't have the fire in us to go after causes and right. things that are really important. Right. That, that outrage that can be productive outrage. Productive outrage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it was fascinating, especially toward the beginning of the movie about, you know, you realize how, how plastic everything was and the world for everyone seemed so easy. Mm-hmm. It was also a matriarchal world. Mm-hmm. It was a matriarch. So it was run very smoothly. Yeah. I want to point that there out. There was a lot of love. There was a lot of listening. <laughs> it was beautiful. A lot of support. Uh there were nine Although I women say, Supreme Court justices. There were nine <laughs> women Supreme Court justices, yeah. Although it's really interesting to even fathom. I My personal opinion is that a matriarchy wouldn't work either. No. Because it's the other extreme, right? It's like it, matriarchy or patriarchy. They're both not bringing in the integration of the masculine and the feminine, the meeting in the middle, yeah. which is where I think the power and the, the goodness is. And I thought a lot about that having done, we did a podcast on the masculine and feminine, the balance. That was a huge theme, I think, in this movie. Yeah. Because both of them, you watch them move into. Yeah. Ken had to find his emotions and Barbie sort of had to find. uh, Take action. Take action. She had to be masculine Mm -hmm. and like leading and Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. working toward. Yeah. um, Yeah. Which was also, you know. I thought it was interesting that they banded together as women yeah, to make things happen, yeah, which was feminine, but the action and the, was very masculine. Yeah. So yeah. there was a lot of that dichotomy of needing both. Yeah. You're right. There's a great quote from Elizabeth Lesser. We had our, we talked about her book on last week's podcast or a couple sessions back when we talked about women finding their voice, but she says that uh, when I dream of a better world, I dream of men fearlessly reclaiming words and traits that have been coded feminine, like feelings, empathy, and communication, which is what Ken does. Mm -hmm. And then I dream of women reclaiming traits that have been coded masculine, ambition, confidence, and authority, which is what Barbie does. But what I dream of most is women and men mixing it up, blending it all together, tempering power with wisdom, giving muscle and prestige to love and nurture. Which is, oh, that's such a beautifully. I mean, that's like where our, I hope we all keep going is the blending. uh, So no warring, no masculine is better than feminine or feminine matriarchy is better than patriarchy. And it's not about winning or losing. Yes. It's about bringing these energies together and there's so much empowerment. There's so much power. So much power. We could solve so many problems Uh, in this world. So if we were more in balance. And I think that's, that's this huge message for people in this is what would it look like and how do we get there? Because it's, I think it's worth talking about and it's worth moving toward as individuals. Yeah. And so when individuals become more imbalanced, then 
the collective becomes more balanced. So, yeah, it's... So I love the idea that these themes and these messages that young people are watching them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about, was there any movie like this for us when I was 12 or 13? Like, not I don't this think deep. so. And not this this clear on, I mean, because I think 30 years ago, we weren't clear on any of this yet. It's been a progression. Um, but I love that my daughter and her friends are watching this and hearing these messages. And so we have um, three, three of 11, 10 and 11 year olds who have seen the movie. And we thought we would just ask them some questions about what they thought. What the movie meant to them and yeah, their takeaways at their yeah. age. Yeah. This would be fun. Okay. Hello. Hi. <laughs> All right. So girls, we're going to ask each of you, first of all, your impression of the movie. Like, what did you think of it? I mean, Greta, I know you've seen it four times. So you really liked it, but let's start with you. Tell us what you, why this movie, why'd you go see it four times? I thought it was really funny and like, it's really smart as well. Like, I don't know. <laughs> smart. That's, that's good. Smart. Yeah. How, like, what do you like? There's smart jokes and like, it was just a like good idea. It's just mm -hmm. a really, really smart movie. It's a smart. There's lots of layers in it, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Lyra, what do you what do you think about it? Um, I thought that it was a really sweet movie. Um, it made me cry twice. Um, mm -hmm. There was definitely some really uh, joyous parts and some more like heart touching moments. But like, it was a really good movie and it was really funny. And I think the actors all did a really good job of impersonating Barbies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Totally. That's a good point. Okay, Naya, what'd you think of the movie? Well, I also thought that it was, it was funny. It really, it really was. Um, and I really liked how Barbie wasn't really like, well, she thought she was like so normal, but then really just changed throughout the movie, which really, mm. which really changed the concept of a Barbie. That's a good point that she was supposed to be the typical Barbie. Stereotypical Barbie. And then she realized that she doesn't want to be the stereotypical. Can I ask, do you all three have Barbies? Did you yes. grow up yes. playing yes. Barbies? Yes. I love yes. Barbies. I still play with them sometimes I because too. I love them. I love dressing I have, up. So I like to pretend I'm their, I'm their teacher and then I like teach them stuff. Yeah. Wow. And Kate and I both were saying that we both loved Barbies. We both had a lot of Barbies. I said on this podcast already, I played till, with them until I was 13. I remember distinctly, like, loved the fashion. and Yeah, yeah. the fashion is amazing. Mm -hmm. I love their, like, little outfits that you can, like, match and match them. Yeah. And match. I, had, <laughs> I had a Christmas once where I got the Barbie dream house. Oh, my God. Ooh, I, have, I have one of those three floors. Is this what you have? I have four floors. Okay. Mine was just three and it had an elevator. <laughs> well, so you never, kept, you girls never. still have your Barbies. I mean, yeah. You have oh, yeah. Yep. 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 What's your I will. favorite one? So each of you, so that was part of the theme of this is that Barbie could do anything. She could be a rocket scientist. Yeah. An astronaut. She could doctor. be a teacher, a doctor. Which do you guys each have a Barbie who you especially love? Start with Greta. Um, I have one. It has purple hair and it was actually in the movie. Like, when the girl, the little girls were like pretending to be the big Barbie dolls. Um, I really like that one because it's a singer and I got that in like Colorado, I think. 
Mm-hmm. And it's been my favorite doll. Since She's like a performer. She's kind of a punk rocker, performer, purple hair outside. About, She's not typical Barbie. Let's no. just put it that way. Yeah. So you're not a typical Greta. <laughs> <laughs> Lyra, what about you? My favorite Barbie, I think I have this Barbie that is almost like stereotypical Barbie, but she's an astronaut. So would you say that she's an example of being beautiful and smart? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like me. Yes. 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 Oh, look at All that. That, three is, of you. that is good. <laughs> okay, Naya, what's your favorite? Um, I had a Barbie that looked, she was like a singer Barbie. And when I was a kid, um, I always wanted to be like Ariana Grande <laughs> or Taylor Swift. Me too. Yeah. Who and, doesn't want to be yeah. like Taylor Swift? We just talked about her in our last podcast too. Um, and um, that's what kind of what like made me want to sing and want to dance and do all that. So she was definitely my favorite Barbie mm-hmm. and she just really inspired me to do things that I love today. Kate, what about that. your favorite Barbie? Oh, do you have I, one? Well, I told I told Betsy this already, but I had Skipper, so I had oh. the stereotypical Barbie oh, and Skipper. Skipper. I she was just young, Bar- young Skipper, mm. but I I never had a Ken until oh. later. My I think my younger sister got one. So I had, I had chopped off Skipper's hair to make her Ken. <laughs> that was brilliant, nice. right? So I made them and she was shorter than Barbie. Mm. And, but I didn't care. I needed, I wanted, I wanted mm. Ken. How about you? I had the one, it was actually shown in this movie. The one where it, she was like in a pink business suit and she had a business um, briefcase. briefcase. And then if you turned the skirt around, it became the party Barbie. Wait, I still have that. You do. I, you have my Barbie and skirt and outfit still. Maybe we can see if we can find her and take a picture of her. But that was my favorite because she could be both. Oh, this is so me. Both serious, both academic, doing her work and go out and have fun. That's Party Barbie. Party Barbie. (laughs) I want to know what you guys thought of Ken. Mm. <laughs> okay, Naya had a reaction Naya, right away. Naya said, Naya. Well, I don't like Ken. Yeah. He's just uh mm. <laughs> like he acted like that. He owns everything. Greta, what'd you think of Ken? Um, I I didn't like him either, but like the start was funny funny because he was like trying to get Barbie's attention and then he decided yes. to go with her. And one of my favorite parts is when he meant he said, I made a double bet with Ken because Ken's cool to me. And she went, Ken's not cool. And it was it made me laugh. But um, I didn't like Ken afterwards because he was just bossy and mm. stupid. My favorite part was when Barbie told Ken to leave. I love that. <laughs> because she was having a girl party that yeah. night, right? Yeah. She was like, like uh, it I'm can be a girl party. Girl party. Uh, I love that. Every night. Go is like Every night is a girl party. Barbie was, and I want to ask you what you thought too, but Barbie wasn't really focused on like boys, boys mm-hmm. or getting married or like Barbie being... is a single independent woman. <laughs> she goes out and has fun every night because yeah. she can. Uh-huh. Oh, my girls night. Uh-huh. Anyways. So what I thought is at the beginning of the movie, I was like, well, Ken's sort of being Ken's excluded there. He's just, mm-hmm. there. He's just there. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is okay. But like, I want to know more about Ken. But then after they went to the real world, I started to um didn't like him anymore. He didn't like him. He changed, didn't he? Yell. He was all oh, manly and he wanted everything to be man's day and no girls. Every girl had to work for him. And I just thought that that was a little unfair. But when you think about it, 
it's sort of the same thing that Barbie did to Ken. Mm. And I'm happy at the end of the movie, it kind of became just yeah, like a, like a circle. At the end, I feel like everybody was heard, everybody was included. Yeah, yeah. And Barbie Do you guys World, feel like that's how it should be? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. That that there should be equal yeah, exactly. for both men and women. So it shouldn't be mm-hmm. just like Barbie Land, which is all girls. Or Ken Land. And it shouldn't be just like yeah. King Kingdom. Right? Kingdom. Kingdom. Yes, Nobody Greta. can ask you a question. Yes. Who's your favorite character? Oh, thank you for um, being a podcaster and asking such <laughs> yeah, a Greta. question, Greta. Who was my favorite character? Um, weird Barbie. Me too. Hands I down. Yeah, Alan. Oh, you guys like Alan. Yeah, yeah. I liked Weird Barbie because she'd gone through some really hard stuff in her life. And and still confident. And she she was super wise. Wise. Like she kind of knew the direction that everyone needed to go. I Um, hate how they called her Weird Barbie. And at the end, she had a master glow up. Do you think you relate to Weird Barbie? Absolutely. I am Weird Betsy. Absolutely. (laughs) And now I... I embrace that and it's because probably similar to her, I've been through some hard stuff. And so it kind of makes you, you know, yeah. I think I, I always think weird is rad. Yeah. Weird, rad. Totally rad, bro. <laughs> totally rad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, at the end of the movie with weird Barbie, she said, you know, I'm kind of owning it when they call yeah, she it. Yeah. Owning it. Yeah. She is. So what owning does that it. mean to own, to own it? Like you try well, something, rolls. you try it. something and then you get really good at it and then you like own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like, you're proud of it. You're yeah. proud of it. And, and I don't like, think I don't think Ken really knew who he was. He didn't own anything. No. no. And so he was just trying to make himself somebody that he wasn't. He was always trying to just which he was trying to make Barbie happier, you know, be right. with Barbie versus he him himself. Like, yeah. yeah. He was like a lot of they say that Ken was really like a lot of women are in the real world. Mm-hmm. Just kind of walking through life, not sure who they are, mm-hmm. kind of being whoever people need them to be. So Ken in Barbie world, really opposite. It was the opposite mm-hmm. in the real world. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like girls want to be in charge, but they never have the chance to. That Do is you, well said. Yeah. Do you feel that way at your age too? Oh yeah. You feel that way. So Naya said that uh, girls want to be in charge, but they're not, the chance they don't to. get the chance to. What do you guys think about perfection? Do you feel like there's I always want to be perfect. Nobody can be perfect. Everybody wants to be perfect. Nobody can be it. Mm. It's just find I, your own version of. Perfect. I am a perfectionist because I just need everything to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And because I, Naya, you literally do like seven dance classes. I know, <laughs> so I can get perfect at dance. Mm. So, because that's also a big theme of Barbie is that she and in the beginning, those girls remember said, Barbie, you kind of ruined it for us because you look perfect, perfect. and you do everything perfect. So and- then we want to be like you. It's because you're perfect. Mm. But do you think it's even possible? No, no, no. No. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So I think that's how we should end this conversation because I feel like we could go on for hours and hours. You guys are amazing. Okay. So what do you guys think about uh, what inspiration did you take away from this? Like what what did it inspire you to maybe be when you grow up or how you want to be? Maybe what's the moral that you see? Mm, yeah what's your takeaway when i grew up i just want to be kind yeah when you grew up you want to be kind i'd rather be kind than pretty i want to be confident but i don't want to be self-centered but i also want to be kind but i also want to do what i love like you like you can't really like if you're going to be confident then people see you as self-centered or if you want to be kind people see you as a try hard it's so really you can't really when one of the themes that we've talked about it's literally impossible sometimes to be a woman does that remind you of america 
her speech. Yeah. Who's the girl in Barbie, the movie that's like, it's hard being a woman. Yeah, like, that's her, that's her name is America Ferreira. Yeah, we're not uh, saying that. I, I, that was I, a great speech, I wasn't it? I agree with her 100%. Like, for boys, it's like, you just have to be masculine, can't cry. And for girls, you it's cry, like you're considered. Weak. You have to be nice, but you can't be like too, too nice, shy or too nice because then you'll, you'll be, be considered a try hard or mm. like I want what I want. And you can't be already know this. People won't know you and at a and young like age, you. like you're yeah. you're ten and eleven. You can't be confident because then people will see you as selfish but and rude. Here's the thing, just be you because yeah. nobody's really gonna care except for the people that set those boundaries for you mm. yes live mic drop right Only there you can set those boundaries i like, mic drop right can. there be you is that the is that the moral yes, of what yeah. we took you away what? from and this with be you all right yeah. be, be you, you. be it's you the day is be you love Don't you be someone else all right girls thank you thank for you for being here. hello listeners We want to let you know that we have so much gratitude that you join us in these conversations every week. We want to continue to uplift and connect with women-owned businesses and businesses that are supporting women. So if you are one of those or have a recommendation for someone that may want to sponsor an episode, please have them reach out at tendherwild.com. If you are needing a reprieve from the fast pace of our modern life and want to connect a little deeper to yourself. I would love to see you at my next retreat, which happens to be in the Cork countryside of Ireland this September 24th through the 30th. You can join Kate, myself, and Kimberly at this retreat. And it's falling at a very auspicious time because we will just move through the fall equinox And we're moving to days that are shorter. So this is the perfect time of year to begin to draw inward, to slow down, and to really drink in the beauty, which will be rampant in Ireland in the fall, uh, to sort of support you and nurture you over the winter months. If you are curious about this retreat, you can check out more and how to register for this. We have, I believe, just a couple spots left. Uh, in the show notes. I can't wait. I can't either. Today's episode is sponsored by Kate Moreland Coaching and Heartland Yoga. As a coach, I am an advocate for authenticity and well-being for individuals, organizations, and communities. Through my coaching work, I like to help you connect to your authenticity. Whether you're an individual, a leader, or an organization, your creative power lies in your authenticity. Doing the work to understand your strengths and acknowledge the patterns and rocks that are in your way is the path to well-being. Whether it's your career or your relationship with yourself or others, transformative change begins within. You can reach me at katemorelandcoaching.com. Heartland Yoga has been in business for nearly 15 years. I founded this studio with the intention for it to be a safe place where people could come and heal. I also knew that I wanted a business that fostered community and connection. So if you are looking to deepen your yoga practice, heal from physical, emotional, mental wounds, or simply connect with people who are like-minded, Heartland Yoga is a place that we would love to welcome you into, whether it's online or in person. You can find out more information at www.heartlandyoga.com. 
And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris, with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week. The